0: Welcome to another episode of Hold Fast, where we have biblical truths for daily battles. My name is Kenny. I am the host of the podcast. And today I wanna to talk about how do we cope with the headlines? How do we how do we fight the fear and the anxiety and the division that rises up within us as we face the things that are happening in our world? And this is a, a topic that honestly kind of falls into place uh, at some point in almost every episode that I've done, I I feel like, and, and even in a lot of my sermons. But this is really what we're facing right now, isn't it? I mean, so many of us, whether it's on social media or just the news on websites or television, whatever it may be, even out and about with with people the conversations are centered around what's happening in our, in our world and what do you think about it and what side do you fall on and 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 what are you going to do and what's going to happen if things just fall apart and there's so much noise and you might be asking yourself i'm not i'm not just looking to know what I need to think about these certain situations that are happening, what I really need to know is how do I, how do I battle these, these feelings of, of, of fear and anxiety and, and, and emotion and division? How do I battle these things as they rise up in my heart? And there's a passage that you've probably gone to in this time, and I want to take you there again because it's a familiar passage, it's well-known. Some of the most well-known verses in all of Scripture actually come from this section in the book of Philippians chapter 4, but I really think if we took to heart what Paul is saying here, we are going to fight that battle well. Uh, Our church is in a series, as I'm recording this, we're going to start a series, uh, through the armor of God, and we're looking at what our battle actually is, and it's not a battle with our neighbors or the politicians or the people that we disagree with. Our, our ultimate battle is a spiritual one, and we are called to put on the armor of God, and we are called to walk in the Word, to have the Word as our foundation, to, to pray at all times and, and all these things, and, and, and this passage, I think, goes right along with that. On what it means to fight these spiritual battles and what it means to protect our hearts and our minds from going astray in the midst of all the chaos and division and fear that is around us. And so Paul says in Philippians chapter four, he's beginning to conclude his letter to the Philippians as, and as Paul often does, he just kind of gives some final instructions that, that do tie together, but it's also just these, these kind of these last minute thoughts that Paul has that he really wants them to hear. He says in Philippians 4, starting in verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. We'll read on in just a minute, but I want to stop there. And I want to ask you an honest question. When is the last time you rejoiced in the Lord? Really? And and this is a question that I have to ask myself because it is so easy to get caught up in the noise and to to spend much of our time in prayer just offering up our requests to the Lord and asking him to do this and to to keep our minds in peace and to, to protect our families and to heal people that are dealing with sicknesses and all those are good things to pray for and about but when's the last time that you rejoiced in the Lord when's the last and I'm, and I'm not I'm not even just saying when's the last time you've thanked God for something in your life that again Please continue to do that. That is huge. And he's going to talk about that in just a minute. But I think this is a different concept. I think what Paul is saying here is, when's the last time you rejoiced in the Lord, in who He is? Not just what He's done for you or what you think you want Him to do for you, but but who He is rejoicing in His character, in in the person of God, in our triune God. When have you last rejoiced in Him? Because I think that's one of the greatest weapons that we have in the midst of the the stuff that's going on around us is to rejoice in the Lord. And we can always rejoice in the Lord. There will never be a time, no matter how bad things may get, no matter how good things may get, that God is any more or less worthy of us rejoicing in Him. That never changes because He is who He is. He's always worthy of us rejoicing in. And there's a peace that comes over us when we do. So when's the last time you rejoiced in the Lord? Rejoice in Him. Maybe pause this podcast and do that. Spend a minute rejoicing in your God and Savior. Verse 5. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And... I think there's kind of a twofold thing when Paul says the Lord is at hand. I think it's this reminder that that at any moment Jesus could return, but it's also a reminder that the Lord is with us. He is he's with us. He's with you. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to fear. Let your reasonableness be known to all. Let people see in your life this peace and this calm that floods over you because the Lord is with you. And you know that no matter what is happening in this life, that one day he's coming back to make all things new. And that's where your confidence and hope is grounded at. And so people, people see that in you. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Is that you? Does that describe your life? Or when people look at your life, do they see someone who is constantly in turmoil? Who's constantly struggling with their faith and with doubt, and I'm I'm not trying to heap guilt on you if you're doubting or if you're fearful. I'm challenging you: Are you living in this state of knowing that the Lord is with you, knowing that the Lord is at hand, knowing that He's coming back one day, and that causes your reasonableness to be known to everyone that you're able to look at the times around us and say, "Yes, things are bad, but my God is good. My God is in control," and that doesn't make that doesn't make what's happening in our world any any less difficult to deal with necessarily, but it allows me to have peace and assurance in the deepest part of who I am. And you're going to see that in my life. Not I'm always well put together, not that I'm not ever mourning the things that are going on in our world, not that I'm not ever tempted to fear and doubt, but that you can see in my life, that people can see in your life a reasonableness. You're not quick to panic, you're not quick to to run to either extreme side of the aisle, but you're grounded in truth and you're controlled by his peace and his kindness and his love. Let your reasonableness be known to all because the Lord is with you. He's at hand. he's coming back soon. Do not this goes on in verse six. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything that's a that's a line that we read. So often, and we forget that that is a command. And Jesus has a similar command in the Gospels: "Don't be anxious." Now, yes, there are times that our emotions get the better of us, and there are times when anxiety fills our mind. and And I'm not I'm not talking about there are legitimate uh, there are legitimate things that can go on biologically with people that lead them to anxiety and depression. And, and that's not necessarily the conversation I'm having. I'm talking to the Christian who is allowing the things that are going on in our world and in their lives to overwhelm them with anxiety because their trust is not in the Lord. Their trust is in their circumstances. Your trust is anywhere else but in Jesus. Don't be anxious. How is that possible? Paul gives us what we're supposed to do instead. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests Be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't be, and people translate it sometimes this way, don't be anxious about everything. Instead, pray about everything. And and let the peace of God guard your hearts as you pray. Not because uh, he's going to answer every single one of your prayer requests the way that you want him to. But as you pray, you are you are communing and fellowshipping with your Savior. You are taking your trust off of whatever you've placed it on and you're instead placing it on the Lord and you're taking your requests and you're throwing them at his feet and you're saying your will be done because I know your will is better because if I try to take control of my life I may I may be able to to do this thing and accomplish that but ultimately apart from you I can't do anything of eternal significance ultimately I can't control any of this you are in control I'm going to lay it at your feet and I'm going to let my request be made known to you so that your peace which passes understanding can guard my my heart, guard my mind, and we need his peace to guard our hearts and mind because we are prone to wander and we're prone to forget his goodness and his faithfulness and his steadfast love toward his children. We're prone to forget these things because we can allow the things that we see to dictate what we believe, but we don't live by sight. We're called to live by faith. Faith in the one who loved us and gave himself up for us. So don't be anxious. Instead, let your request be made known to God. Take your trust and take it off of the things in this world that have you anxious and place them in Jesus who never changes. And Paul goes on in verse 8 and he says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That's a key verse in all of this conversation because, and I've shared this many times before, but I'll say it again because it applies here. If you're anything like me, you have been caught up, or I'll just speak for myself. I have been so caught up in the headlines and the podcasts of everybody talking about the headlines and the books of everybody writing about the headlines and and what we should think and what opinions we should have and who's right and who's wrong and, and, and getting caught up in all of the noise. And I find myself not thinking and dwelling on things that are true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable. Instead, I find myself dwelling on division and dissensions. I find myself dwelling on the hate that's going around, not necessarily that that I'm giving way to hatred in my heart, but I'm just focusing on the hate and I'm, I'm stressing myself out and I'm becoming anxious and, and just just kind of overwhelmed at all of it. And I think that what we need to do is to dwell on, to think about, to spend time with the things that are honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable and excellent and the only thing the only person that fits that description is jesus and we commune with him in this way we dwell on him by going to his word by reading the word more than we're reading the headlines by, by meditating on the scriptures far more than we meditate on our opinions about the political problems of our world and the chaos surrounding us and COVID restrictions, whether we're for it or against it, and vaccinations and everything you want to put into this category of current events and the chaos that's happening around us. Maybe the, the, the crime that's happening in your city and, and just all of the mess that's going on instead of dwelling on all of those things. We dwell on Jesus. We go to his word. Jesus said the scriptures point us to him. We go to the scriptures not because the scriptures are an end in and of themselves, but because the scripture is alive and it points us to Jesus. The word of God points us to the word become flesh, Jesus Christ. And so we dwell in him because he is true. He is honorable. He is just. He is pure. He is lovely. He is commendable. He is excellent. He is worthy of praise and he alone is. Is completely and perfectly all of these things. And so, maybe if I could put it simply, and this sounds so much like Christianity 101, the Sunday school answer, that I almost don't even want to say it, but I don't have anything better for you. Stop dwelling on the things of this world and dwell on Jesus. Abide in him, spend time with him, pray without ceasing. Don't be anxious, instead, offer up your requests to the Lord, rejoice in him. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone because the Lord's with you and he's at hand. Dwell on these things, dwell on these things. Let us be people of the word. Let us be, let us be followers of Jesus. Let us be the ones that abide in Christ, that draw our strength from him, that draw our wisdom from him, that sit at his feet, Let us not be too much like Martha, who is is so preoccupied and busy with the things that had to be done and the things that that she had to give her attention to. Let us be more like Mary, willing to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn from him because his yoke is easy and his burden is light and we can come to him because we're weary and heavy laden and he'll give us rest. And I promise you that if you continue to dwell on the things of this earth, you will continue to be weary and heavy laden. But if instead you choose to not be anxious and let your request be made known to God, if instead you, you choose to rejoice in the Lord and to dwell on the things that are true and lovely and dwell in Him and abide in Him, I can promise you that's where you're going to find rest for your weary souls. That's where you are going to find a fountain of life to quench your thirsty soul. I think there are a lot of Christians that are walking around as thirsty souls right now because they have become preoccupied. Again, I'll speak for myself because I often become preoccupied with the things of this world and the current events and the headlines. And what I need to do is to focus on Jesus, not stick my head in the sand and pretend like nothing's going on around me but to keep him at the center. To not sprinkle him into my day if I have time, but to have him as my foundation and the center of my thoughts, the center of my affections, the center of my life. This is how we're going to combat the headlines. This is how we're going to grow in grace. This is how we're gonna grow up into him who is Christ Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, This is how we're gonna become spiritually mature and be able to navigate through the waters of this life. And so I pray that you would dwell on Jesus. I pray that you would, uh, when this podcast is over, that you would just cut it off and if you are able to right now, like if you're not on your way into work or something, but if you have a moment and I wouldn't challenge you to, to make time to dwell on Jesus, to meditate on him, to worship him, to rejoice in him. That's what we need. That's what our souls need. So thanks for... Taking the time to listen to this as always, I pray that this is an encouragement to you. I pray that what this episode has done, just like every episode, but specifically this one, I pray that this is pointing you to your Savior, that this makes you long to be with Him because one day with Him is better than a thousand elsewhere. Hope that you will uh, leave a leave a comment uh, on, if you saw this on a social media post, share it, uh, share the episode with, with those that you know might benefit from this, might be encouraged by this. Leave a rating or review. That always helps other people see this as well. This has been another episode of Hold Fast. I'll be back next week, Lord willing, with another one. Thanks for listening. God bless.